Guys, I am so excited to welcome the newest family member to the network, Happy and Healthy Podcast with Janine Amapola. She is an influencer. She's a YouTuber. She is someone who has been around for a lot of years, encouraging a lot of people in a lot of areas, and now she has a podcast If you are looking for a new podcast, entering the new year with new health goals, Happy and Healthy is the place to start. She has conversations that are candid about all kinds of topics, and she's even going to have lots of exciting guests on. So check her out, Happy and Healthy podcast here on the That Sounds Fun Network. This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Hello, hello. We've got a fun episode for you guys today. I put out a poll for Q&As and I am here today to answer your questions. I also have Livy with me. She's going to ask me the questions. Um, I briefly glanced through some of them, but I'm just going to let Libby toss them over to me um, so it feels fresh and I can just answer on the spot. I like on the spot. So Libby, you ready? Ready. What is your favorite Bible and Bible study related books? Um, My favorite Bible, probably the, the Bible that I use the most is the Passion Translation. I use many translations. I talk about the Journal of the Word Bible often. Um, I love NIV. I love the Message is a really, really, really great translation too because it's easy to understand and it's really pretty. Um, I'm a grammar person. I love writing. So the way stuff is written is important to me. Like it has to have a flow and a rhythm. And so the Passion Translation and the Message Translation are both really pretty to me um, and easily understood to me. And the passion I love because there are probably as many footnotes on every page as there is like excerpt from Bible reading, um, lots and lots and lots of reference material there. Um, the only the only downside is that they only have the New Testament um, Proverbs and Psalms. So it's not all there. (laughs) I can only use it for New Testament stuff, but those are my go-tos. Again, Journal of the Word has all the places for writing the margin, which I really appreciate and need because I do a lot of note-taking, but just as far as wording goes, the passion is my jam. Okay. Has it been more challenging to stay faithful with fame being involved? Honestly, no. In fact, it's what has pushed me deeper towards God because in this life, there there are very few things that feel secure and anchored. So it's, it's just really comforting to cling to the one thing that is unshakable, um, and that is the Word, that is God, that is what He promises us because this life is very, very, very unpredictable. There's There are a lot of variables and it changes day to day. There's not a lot of things that I can tell you will be the same month after month or year after year because you just never know in this industry. But what I do know is that God is 
our father and he's there and he's our comforter and he will never leave us or forsake us. And his word is full of promises for us. And that is something that has made me go deeper and farther and and stretch more than I ever could have, I think, if my life were a little more normal, I guess you could say. This one's a little bit similar, but did you find it hard to be outspoken about your views in the country music world? So this one's a two-part answer, I think. One, it was a personal journey for me to be more bold about my faith for myself. Um, Had very little to do with being bold in the outside world. It was me growing in that in my personal life. Um, And once I did that, it was very, very easy for me to be more outspoken in the outward life. And I will say this too, Shay is the most supportive husband. He tells me all the time to say what's on my heart and and it, and he has nothing but support for me in doing that, which I really appreciate. It is tricky. Like I said, it's two-part because um, in this world, it's not just me and Shay's not a single artist. And so there, there are multiple considerations there. And so I do have to be respectful about some things that I put out there uh, just because by default, I am representing a bigger whole. And so while I don't care at all to be outspoken about my personal um, beliefs, I am not speaking for everyone. um, And I want to be respectful towards everyone. And so it is a fine line. But at the end of the day, I don't answer to the world. I do have the support of my husband, and I will answer to the Lord. And so when it comes to me speaking on what is the truth, um, not my truth, not the world's truth, but the truth, which is God's Word, I'm not going to—I'm not going to budge on that. So yes, difficult, but also um, blessed to be supported by my husband, and also it is— Nice to be in the country realm where um, God is not as foreign as he may feel in other genres. All right, let's move more into the family space. How do you bring kids up in God without pushing them away with all the evil around us? Gosh, I could talk about this all day because this is the life that I'm in every day. I have a six-year-old, we have a three-year-old, and we have a 10-month-old, all boys, I think we live in a time where we are more aware than ever of the darkness around us. But as I said earlier this year, I just heard someone say it, and and I'm going to just put it on blast. Your light was made for the darkness. That's how I feel. God put us here for this time and for this purpose. Uh, He wouldn't have given us these children in this era if he knew that we weren't equipped, A, to raise them, and B, they weren't equipped to go out into it and be light and salt. Um, I know that as a mom. I also know that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, and I will stand on that promise. And what we can do for our children is give them the foundation that we were given Fortunately, by our own families, we grew up in church. We grew up knowing the Word. And though there may have been years in young adulthood where we were finding our own way, we grew up knowing what the truth was. So we might have strayed and we might have wondered, but we came back because we were given a foundation on the Word of God. And that is what we are doing our best to do for our children. We read 
Bible stories to them. And at every turn and every question they ask, I do my very best to point them back to God, not in an eye-rolling kind of way, but in a, this is this is the truth. This is the way the world works. I'm just going to tell you, honestly, baby, there are bad things that happen to good people. Satan hates goodness. Satan hates all of these things. And... Um, and he wants to take that away from us. And it is it is our role as children of God to know who we are and know whose we are and know what we're called to. And that is to give hope and bring hope to the world um, and making hard choices, even, even if it's, you know, tough to do sometimes. Actually, someone asked this on one of my stories last week about motherhood and the work of a mother or a parent or a role model in general, I think is sanctifying. And that sounds like a big, scary word, but sanctifying is is really just a fancy way of saying becoming more like Jesus and dying to yourself. Uh, that's, that's what that's what God tells us. We are to die to ourselves. What that really means is being uncomfortable. Um, when you have children, it has this way of shifting your perspective and making life less about you and more about someone else, which is beautiful, beautiful picture uh, that God allows because then you're like, whoa, 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 this is how God sees us, not just how I see my child. Um, I'm His child. And it's about way, way more than just me and my life and my comfort and my whatever, fill in the blank. It's not about me. In fact, it's not even about our kids. It's about the hope um, that Christ brings to the world. So it's sanctifying work. And you may feel like you're in it for years. You will be in it for years. But in the big picture, our window is very small. The percentage of time that a child is home with their family, with their parents under the same roof is just a small fraction of their life. And I know there's there's things that you can do, like put marbles in the jar, which kind of makes me sad, so I don't do any of those. But you can look up ideas on um, just a visual on the time that you spend with your kids because you only have so many marbles that you get that represents a day or a week in your kid's life, and then they're out the door. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard work, and I will never deny that, but it's sanctifying work too, um, and God's in it. And it would be hard for me not to say that that is the most important role you will ever have in your life. So, um, so press on and know that you are doing the work that God put you here to do. Because it does feel like work a lot of days, but it's also the greatest blessing of, of a life. So, all right. One of the listeners typed in 16 weeks pregnant with my first baby. Any advice for new mamas? Congratulations. Uh, your life's about to change forever. Shay and I look at ourselves uh, all the time, look at each other, sorry, all the time. And we're like, what were we even doing before we had kids? Because it like, consumes your life. It just changes everything. Advice, <laughs> make time, um, make time for quiet time, make time for yourself so that you're grounded. Sometimes I tell Asher, mommy needs to go spend time with Jesus so that mommy has patience. Maybe one of the other questions was having patience with um, energetic boys. And I will say that is uh, that is a struggle. No one's a saint. I might sound sweet and quiet, but in our house, sometimes I do have to raise it a few volume uh, levels to compete with the insanity that I like to call a frat house. 
<laughs> but I will also say that after three kids, um, I've seen memes about having one versus two versus three. And I will say after the third one, you're kind of like, you know, it is what it is. The mess is what it is. And one day I'll miss it when the house is quiet and clean. And I don't stress anymore. I don't go to bed in a panic if I didn't get to pick up at bedtime because, frankly, bedtime never ends. And even though we put them to bed, they come back down a hundred times. And so take your quiet when you have it. Rest when you can rest. The mess can wait. And be present with your kids as much as you can be. Because I promise you, they notice when you're looking at a screen instead of them. They notice when your thoughts are elsewhere. They notice when when they are kind of a just a side thing versus the thing that you are focused on. Enjoy it. Soak it up. I know they say rest when they rest, but that's only possible with your first. So do that with your first baby. Second baby or third or more, that is quite literally impossible. <laughs> So enjoy the rest with your first baby and enjoy the moments with them and make sure you're carving out time for the Lord because He will be with you in all of those tired moments in the dark of the night when you're rocking that baby. He's there and He's watching and He's holding you while you're holding that baby. So just make the time and enjoy it as much as you can. It goes fast. All right, let's move into the Christmas spirit. What are some Christmas traditions that you do with the boys? This is hard because I feel like the last few years, Shay and I have gone home for Christmas. Um, we've had grandparents who, you know, it, it was their last few years, and, and we knew that. And so we wanted to honor the time that we had left with them. So we did a lot of bouncing around for Christmases in the past. This year, we are staying home, and we do want to start our own traditions. We, of course, do the matching Christmas jammies. We have our stockings, which I love, and we open those first. We don't have any hard and fast traditions yet. Um, I would love to do some traditions with books. Um, I saw a sweet one on a reel the other day where a mom wraps books, like 20 books leading up to Christmas, and they get to pick a book to unwrap every night. And then she just rewraps the books or, you know, gets some new books for the next year and they never know what they're going to pick. And I think that's pretty sweet. And I might start it because we're a big book family. I don't know. I would I would be open to hear other people's traditions. I know that there is one about wrapping paper and how each kid gets their own wrapping paper. I'm a little OCD for that right now because I like it's like my one thing. The artist in me is like, let's have a really pretty Christmas, uh, which may be a selfish and I should be a little more fun and let them get the crazy paper. But for now, um, we'll just wait until they can verbalize that. <laughs> um, for now, we're just glad to be home for Christmas and and want to make that the, the new tradition. All right. Here's a big question. Are you guys planning on having more kids? This is a big question. It's funny because I actually went around polling moms, like older moms with families, big families. And I was like, hey, how did you know? <laughs> how did you know you were done? And across the board, every single mom said, you know, you just know that you know. You either know someone's missing or you know that you're done. And so I actually was waiting uh, one way or the other after Abram was born to see if I had a feeling like, okay, this is it. And actually I did have a feeling and that feeling was someone's missing. 
And that's wild because literally Abram was born and in my arms and I'm like, I still feel like someone's missing. So yes, um, I feel like there's maybe one more in the cards for us um, if that is God's will. And I truly, from the bottom of my heart, don't care if it's a boy or a girl. I want what God wants us to have. I would be thrilled with either. Um, I might cry if it's a girl because I don't know what I would do with one at this point. I have saved um, the baby clothes from three boys. So I I truly, I would be at a loss as to like how to do girl life after living the frat life for so long. So that would be interesting. But yes, yes, yes. I will I will take one more baby if that is what God has in store for us. When? Couldn't tell you. But um, I do think and hope that that is in the cards for us. Call me crazy. I think you've answered this question before, but how did you and Shay meet? I'm going to be really lazy here and refer back because we have done two episodes, me and Shay, and we do go through our story. So you get a little bit of his side and a little bit of my side. And that will probably, because it's a long story, if you really want to know the details. So I'm going to just refer back to that and we can drop that episode number uh, at the bottom of this show. All right. We have a fan favorite. Are you going to do Lunchbox Chronicles again? Okay. I'm shocked at the popularity of the Lunchbox Chronicles. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, when Asher was in preschool, I did the Lunchbox Chronicles every day. Uh, I posted what I put in his lunchbox. And then afterwards, I would open it and see what he ate. And sounds simple, but I'm telling you, the fan reaction was like, people were like, I I look forward to this as much as I watch, as I look forward to the Kardashians. So, and that is serious. That's pretty serious stuff. (laughs) Um, I have not done it with Ames because he's in preschool right now and I could either pull him out at noon or at two, but I didn't want to pull him out at two because that would be in the middle of his nap and he would be an absolute crank monster if I pulled him out without a nap every day or like mid nap. I mean, it would be rough. So I just pull him out at noon and feed him at home, which makes a lot of people sad because I know they miss the Chronicles. But maybe next year, um, because I think we might be on a different schedule next year, or maybe with Abram. We'll see. I don't know. Sometimes I pack them for Asher. He does request them. But we also get up at 6 a.m. And um, Mama's tired. And Mama paid for that lunch Um, (laughs) mama paid for that lunch card. So if he has to eat lunch at school, so be it. We'll see where my energy takes me in the years to come, but it's definitely not over. We'll just see, uh, if a new season has more time for the Lunchbox Chronicles. All right. Let's talk a little bit more like Nashville. Favorite things about living in the greater Nashville area? Least favorite? Someone wants to know the pros and cons. Maybe like your favorite places to go or Christmas things to do. I feel like I can really speak to this because we have moved four times in maybe five years. Uh, Maybe not that many years, six years. I don't know. We've moved a lot. We've lived downtown. We've lived east, south, and west of Nashville. So we've been like around it. I do appreciate living closer to town because uh, traffic is horrible in Nashville and it takes a million years to get anywhere. Um, but I also love being in an area where we have enough of a yard and enough of property to like feel like we have our own space and our own privacy. We both grew up on farms. So that was a really weird transition I never thought about when I moved to Nashville. Went from a farm with like no stoplight town to a, 
high rise downtown and not knowing where to walk my dog. <laughs> so it was interesting. And then a suburb from there and another suburb, and um, I had never known the neighbor life or the HOA life. And, and that was a learning curve all of its own. Um, but I... I do love Nashville. It's it's very similar in lands in geography, I should say, to Arkansas. So it makes me feel like I'm home. Things to do. This is horrible, but people text me all the time and they tell me I'm coming to Nashville. What should we do? Stay away from downtown. <laughs> I'm like, don't go to Broadway because if you want to be touristy, that's great. But gosh, it's just a hot mess down there. It's great. And there's a lot of good live music. I will give it that. But there are other hubs people could probably visit like 12 south what are some other spots franklin oh i love franklin do some antiquing do some boutique shopping um and get a pretty walk-in that you're not stepping in like you know trash and yucky things also much more family friendly um leapers fork area is beautiful as well uh and for christmas you could always check out opryland um i think they have like ice shows we did this uh, there was a thing last year at the baseball stadium here, and they did this big light maze that was fun. Uh, we did caricatures of the boys, just so many things. I also think that downtown Franklin does a um, they do like a, a Christmas a Christmas tree lighting. They do some festival, um, and I also think that like one one weekend a month they do maybe an art art walk. And so you can walk around, look at art in local shops and sip wine and like have, you know, snacks. And it's just really pretty with twinkle lights all around. Love me some string lights. And I will say that I'm not good at naming things on the spot, but what I can do is do a little Nashville guide um, that we can post later on, maybe at the end of the year. If you have questions about favorite spots, um, again, I'm bad with names and geography, so that doesn't make for a good on-the-spot answering, but I can write it down for you and give it a Google and make sure that I'm not sending you to the wrong place. But yeah, Nashville's fun. It's beautiful. I love it. It's great for families. Lots of good churches. All right, next question. Three Bible verses you say to the boys a lot. Well, this is terrible. I, again, am bad with uh, memorization, which is something that I can work on personally as a mom, maybe in the new year. But my memory is pretty shot after having three babies. I don't know the exact passage, but we do live and die by the golden rule um, in the house, which is, I think, I want to say it's in Matthew, but it is doing to others as you would have doing to you. We bicker a lot and fight a lot, and I refer back to it, and I'm like, is that the way you would want to be treated? Is that the way that, you know, how would you feel if someone did that to you? And so we always refer back to the golden rule, and it makes it easy because there is a Berenstein Bear um, book called The Golden Rule. The boys love it. Guys, I have the Berenstein Bear books on all of life's issues. 10 out of 10 suggest getting into the Berenstein Bear books, maybe a good Christmas gift. I get them every year. They have them on every topic and they're so wholesome. Um, and they have a lot of like actual like Christ-centered topics, which is great. They even do tithing. So <laughs> I, um, I actually would love to put together for you guys a guide for resources for kids stuff. Um, as a mom, I feel like I've done a lot of vetting of shows, books, just resources, stuff that you can listen to and or watch with your kids that are safe and are leading them um, 
and lessons that are biblically based. They're the principles are there, um, and it's a way that it's a fun story. So they're they're getting that. So stay tuned for that because it's definitely going to be like Veggie Tales, Berenstein Bears. I will name the books for you. I will even link them in like Amazon if you want to go hunt them down. So that's a good Christmas gift. And I didn't mean to plug, but we love the Berenstein Bears. So the golden rule: do unto others as you would have do unto you. God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. We love that one because anytime we have a worrying thought, I'm like, wait, where did that thought come from? And I have the boys identify that that thought is not from God. And it's a good practice that we can all use. And a third verse, I think this is appropriate because we are in the days of them being young, but it is the verse about children obeying their parents in the Lord for this is right. That's what the Bible tells us, that you honor your parents. And I've actually explained to Asher that the Bible also says you live longer if you honor your parents. And he thinks that that's wild, but says it in the Bible. So there you go. All right. Last question is not a question. We've had uh, a few listeners send in that they just wanted to say they really appreciate you and that they appreciate the podcast. So I feel like that's a sweet, happy note to end it on. Well, that is so kind and so sweet, and um, it blesses me more than y'all know to hear those things because sometimes doing this is a little disheartening because you don't see the fruit, but that's okay because um, you don't always see the things that come up after you plant them. Sometimes that's just not your season, but uh, it does make it extra sweet when someone reaches out and shares that they were touched or that that they were able to share that with someone and that it made an impact because I started this podcast. God asked me to start this podcast um, just for the one person that needed it, that needed the encouragement. And if there's one thing that I am able to do, it is um, it is encourage. And he gave me a platform to do that. So that's what I hope to do um, now and for years to come. So I love you guys. And I so appreciate you um, taking the time to tune in and to be interested. And I hope that going into next year, we can dive into more topics and get into some fun stuff. So I love you guys. And I look forward to to seeing you back next week. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share the show with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.